Welcome to Gut Wisdom on WCBS News Radio 880. I'm Deirdre Koppelman, along here with your co-host, John Gassman. Hi, JG. Howdy. Hello. We're here to talk about a lot of good topics like we do every Saturday night to help you, our listeners, in their personal and professional lives. Gut Wisdom will make you think and we'll leave you with real solutions that come from real wisdoms because Gut Wisdom is radio that resonates. Amen. Amen. We're back, JG. We have been away for two whole weeks. Yeah, well, when you're vacationing in California on a beach day, all is good when you come back. Is that I've what... been working hard. Oh, I, I thought... And you've been gallivanting as usual. Gallivanting? I was in Little Rock, Arkansas. I, that's far from... That is a far cry from, and we celebrated, from the beaches of California. And we celebrated your birthday. No, we celebrated your birthday. Shh, and tonight, secret. tonight it's a shout out to my daughter, Alana. It's her birthday. So, Gigi, you're a year older. I mean, not to I'm rub I'm a year it in. maturer. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Yeah, so do you ever hear about this quote? It's a Shakespeare quote. No, I never did. Well, listen <laughs> listen up. We know what we are, but know not what we may be. Mm, deep. What do you think about that? Wow. I think the definition is, uh, I don't know. What do I think about that? I don't know. Have you reached, do you know what your potential is? Have you reached your, you just had a birthday two days ago. I am by far not even close to my potential yet. Is that true? Yeah. What is potential? Mm, all that I can be. Right. It's, in the army. No. <laughs> I remember that commercial. <laughs> of course you would. You're like a walking trivia machine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do we have going on tonight about potential? Oh, we have a special guest joining us. Wow. Huge. Tell Should us. I mention? Yes. Mark Samborn. Who is he? Yes. Written a couple of books, The Fred Factor, The yeah. Potential Principle, yep, he is and a, a lot more. Yep. He is a leadership expert. He's got a book coming out called The Potential Principle, and he's joining us as soon as we come back. Stay tuned. WCBS. Delays of two hours plus. With drive time traffic every five minutes, live from Chopper 880. We're just getting the first look here. Plus all the latest news. Several buildings have been evacuated. WCBS News Radio 880. Welcome back, everyone. And if you're just tuning in, I'm Deirdre Koppelman here with your co host, John Gassman, aka JG. And you're listening to Gut Wisdom, radio that resonates. JG, what's happening tonight? Oh, big night. We have Mark Sanborn in studio. Yes, we do. This is very exciting. Do you know who Mark Sanborn is? Well, Mark Sanborn is not only a well-known uh, expert in leadership, mm-hmm. he is also a best-selling author and of one of my favorite books, The Fred Factor, which we've talked oh, a little yeah. bit about Absolutely. on this show, about what it's like and how to live and be like a Fred. Yes. And that book was published, I think, in 2004. And as I recall, as I started Pair, Pair Core Solutions in 2003, I didn't know much about networking, but I had to uh, sort of go out and make friends and influence people. Influence people. Wrong and book. <laughs> I remember, no, but I, exactly. But I remember talking about the Fred factor. Uh, way back then, so uh, somewhere around 2005, 2006. Sure. I was, uh, and I still read it. I will still pick it up every once in a while, but we're not going to talk with Mark about The Fred Factor tonight. I know. It's a different book that he's that's come out, or? It's coming out, yeah. launching in September, and it's about potential. Hmm. Uh, the, the, the essence of how do we become as good as we can be, which is really interesting. Do we ever really know what our potential is how do you do you know do you know have you reached your potential no i uh, 
Definitely not. Right. I can always be better. Exactly. So on that note, mm-hmm. let's bring Mark in. Mark, are you there? I am. Welcome to Gut Wisdom, Mark Sanborn. Well, thank you for that lovely introduction. I'm delighted to be with you and share some ideas. Thank you. I have a, I've, I have a big question for you. As, aside from what's your, defi- what's your definition of potential, what motivated you to write this book about potential? Mm, good question. Good question. Actually, kind of a big question with a little question balled up inside of it, so I'll try to answer both. <laughs> That's typically how I ask. <laughs> uh, okay, good. Kind of a sneaky way to get a two-for-one. <laughs> I'll start with how I came up with the idea. Most of my clients are already very successful. It goes back to something you probably heard as a kid. You know, the people that most need to hear the sermon usually don't go to church, right? Right. Um, and, and it's often that way when it comes to improvement or self-help or corporations. Uh, the people that bring me in that make the investment of time and money are already very successful, and they're really not looking uh to how to become successful. They already are. They mm-hmm. have the means to, to bring in resources. And what they want to know is how can we get better? And I think most people are that way too. You know, the people that, uh, it's a self-selecting audience. People who uh, want to pursue their potential are always on the lookout for resources, whether it's a book or a radio show or a webinar or yeah. some kind of a learning tool. And, and, the, and the rest of the people you know, I always say awareness precedes all else, right? A Correct. lot of people aren't even aware they could be better. You know, um, uh, or Dweck believe or or believe that they can be better. I think there's also that mindset of I'm too old or it's too late for me. Would you agree? You're exactly right. Yeah, and 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 her book, My, um, uh, Growth Mindset, uh, uh, Carol Dweck says that there are really you know. Two kinds of people, those people that believe that whatever happens is is determined by their effort and their initiative, and the other group that believes kind of in a genetic trap, right? Right. That's the way I am. Uh, I've always been this way. My mother was this way. My grandmother was this way. And, you know, she makes the very uh, commonsensical, but I think often missed point that if you don't think you can be better, you will not try to be better. Yeah. And there are people that really don't. And and there are also people, I think you're right, they, they don't believe they can be better. There are also people who are very content to be average or ordinary. And there's certainly nothing wrong with that, except I personally think that, you know, if you can be better, you owe it to yourself and your family and your, your company and your community to, uh, to do so. You know, you look at a lot of famous athletes. Uh, I think of one off the top of my head, Tiger Woods. And uh, Tiger, who's probably, I don't know, the best golfer ever. Mm. How many coaches did he have to improve his game? He had a swing coach. He had a putting coach. He had a long coach. He had a... He had a mental coach, he had yeah. a physical trainer, he had, he had all these people that surrounded him because he always wanted to get better. And you would say, how could somebody like him, who's so great already, get even better? Great. And, and, and you see, it's evident by, evidenced by the sense that he surrounded himself with really, really smart, talented people because we all have blind spots. We don't That's know. A good point. We don't see certain things. So I'd be curious, Mark, in your experience of working with, you know, senior executives or athletes or just people in general, you know, what is it that you do? What does the process look like? But first, before he answers that question, yeah. 
I'm still hooked on. What motivated you to mm. do this? Well, I, you know, I'm one of those people that uh, I, for me, one of the big joys of life is finding out how good I can be. You know, and the premise of the book, the potential principle is we all know how good we've become. None of us know how good we can be. Uh, you know, how, how good we become is history, and it's a, an established fact. You know, you can measure it any number of ways. Mm. But we really don't know physiologically or psychologically or organizationally what we're capable of. So it's exciting to kind of get up every day and, and see how much better you can become. Mm -hmm. And the reason I wrote the book is because, as I tell my clients, I used to think that becoming the best at what you did in life was the hardest challenge you had professionally. And I, I learned that that's difficult, but there's something harder than becoming the best at what you do, and that is becoming the best and continuing to get better. Mm. Because the mantra that I use is better always beats best. And, you know, and, and, you're, and you're right, Tiger Woods uh, was certainly at one time considered the greatest living golfer, maybe the greatest golfer ever, but he had setbacks, he lost tournaments, yeah. and there were others that, like him, were committed to getting better. So it, it's never a destination. If you think you arrive at a point in your business or your life where you can just coast, you know, unless you really are so old that you really don't care. And I think, you know, it's possible that you get to be a certain age and you go, you know what, I've had a great run. I'm totally content to stay just as I am until I, I exit stage left, right? Right. Um, but, but I think short of that, um, you know, it's exciting to get better, but it's also necessary because I guarantee you your competitor for that promotion or your competitor for that customer that you have, uh, they're working very hard to get better. Oh, yeah. So you had better get better because that's your ultimate tool uh, against uh, best, and that is better. Love it. Better always beats best. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so can tell us a little bit about, we know you have this uh, fabulous book coming out, uh, or launching, right? You're launching that in September, uh -huh. called The Potential Principle. Correct. Okay, so I know there are some wisdoms, some tactics, mindsets. Walk us through it a little bit and share with our listeners. If sure. You well, Thanks. My, my kind of brand is little books about big ideas. I always wanted to write really big books, and I wrote a few that were pretty long, and I found out not too many people read them because not a lot of people make time to read long books. <laughs> so I started writing short books that would kind of cut to the quick or, you know, get to the essence of the ideas that I was teaching, like in The Fred Factor or You Don't Need a Title to Be a Leader. So in The Potential Principle, I wanted to give people a a tool and a template that they could use. You know, there, there's more than one way to get better. This is, I've not cornered the market on how to get better, but what I've done over the last few years working with very successful people and clients is I've developed two things that I share in the book. And the first is what I call the potential matrix, which identifies where you can get better. Now, I don't mean where you can get better as in home or work or school or your church or your community. I mean where in your life. And, and here's how the potential matrix works. Hmm. Um, my work with business leaders, over the years, I found out they are very good, by and large, in the outer world of doing. They're good at learning. They're good at teaching. They're good at selling, negotiating, managing, and leading. But that if there was a an area that, you know, I could often help them, it was in the inner world of why, the inner world of thinking, the inner world of reflection and purposefulness. Mm. 
Well, what I also found in my work, I, I do some some pro bono work uh, in ministry. I found that ministers, you know, people of faith that lead congregations, tend to have very well developed inner lives. You know, they they've grappled with the big questions of of spirituality and faith and purpose. And if I was going to help them. I would help them in the outer world of, you know, how do you hold a better meeting? How do you right. communicate more effectively? And so I realized that we tend to stay in the inner or outer world where we're most comfortable. So improvement usually comes from focusing on the areas that you're not already spending most of your time in. So the four, the inner world, there there are two quadrants, what I call uh, uh, the, 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 the quadrant you initiate and the quadrant that you respond to, the initiated quadrant is what I call thinking. It's where you make plans and you contemplate and consider and, and, and study and search for ideas. And then uh, the, the responsive uh, quadrant, which is probably the most difficult for most people to understand and access, is what I call the uh, introspective quadrant. Because introspection mm. is really more than seeking, it's receiving, you know, it's when you have that insight or that epiphany and you don't necessarily know where it came from, but I guarantee you, you didn't get it while you were going hundred miles an hour with your hair on fire. <laughs> so, you know, that's the inner world, thinking and introspection. Okay. So the outer world, wait, question. you know, the, it, Quite, I'm Pardon? sorry. I, I have a quick question sure. on introspection. When you say introspection is seeking and receiving, the seeking part is seeking answers from within, correct? Correct. Or, but, but sometimes I would say seeking answers because they can come from within and they can come from without. Okay. I personally think, and if I can anticipate where you might be going with your question, thinking is when you're looking outside yourself for those uh, answers. You know, that's where you study and right. research. And introspection is more where you wait for the insight, which is within. Mm-hmm. So, is it a feeling? Right. Can be it can be intuition. It can be a feeling. It's pretty go. squishy stuff. In the book, I call it the the, the room with no door. You know, because people say, "Well, how, how do I get into that room?" And I say, "Well, bad news, there is no door." I mean, it's it's very difficult to access. But I do write in the book. Uh, you know, some very simple, nothing too you know woo woo wah wah, nothing that'll be off putting. But I talk about how you can become more reflective and introspective, and uh, just as I do in the other four quadrants, how you can be a better thinker, a better learner, and a better performer. Well, let's hold that thought, and uh, we have to go to a commercial break in a moment, but I just want to say, we have an amazing, for all of our listeners, we have an amazing individual on the phone, on, on the line with us, leadership guru and famed author Mark Samborn. Yes, and listeners, side note, um, I'd like you to email me. I'm curious what your perception is on introspection, right? Do you receive insight? Is that door open? Email me at dk at gutwisdom, G-U-T-W-I-Z-D-O-M.com, not while you're driving, and we'll be right back with Mark. Stay tuned. Get the news you need whenever and wherever you need it. Follow WCBS on Twitter and like us on Facebook. You can even listen to WCBS on your phone with live streaming and audio on demand with the CBS local app. Stay connected with your favorite news radio station all day long. When you need to know, WCBS has you covered. Hey, everybody. We're back. And if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Gut Wisdom. On WCBS News Radio 880, this is Radio That Resonates. I'm John Gassman, 
a.k.a. J.G. Thank you. And we are here with the hostess for the mostess, Deirdre Koppelman. Say hi, Big D. Good evening. I really dislike that you call me Big D, but I, <laughs> I have to go with it because now everybody else starts to call me Big D, J.G. Well, let me also mention we love you. You're just such a rock star. Thank you. Is that because I'm Big D? <laughs> no, because you bring a lot of value. Oh, well, to everything you. you touch and do. Have I? Oh, that's so nice. Have I reached my potential? Uh, you're pretty close to it, though. <laughs> I will say you are you are peaking, but we're getting there. And by the way, I just I also wanted to mention. You know, we have our live event coming up. Yes, we do. And uh, if anybody is interested, this live event is it going to be in June? We're going to have a tremendous show. It's going to be live. And I'd like to throw out there, if you would love a chance of getting in to participate in the show uh, with a VIP admission pass yeah. and be a guest, email Deirdre at dkatgutwisdom.com. And did you want to mention who we have, some of our guests? Right. So we when, have, tonight? N- well, not yet tonight, <laughs> but for that live event that's coming up. I wasn't going to kiss and tell. Uh, we have uh, Sarah O'Hagan. She's the CEO of Flywheel who will be joining us. We also have the CEO of a winery, uh, second generation, coming and joining, and they'll be pouring wine. We're going to be tasting wine. So, you know, it's interesting, talking about wine. That's really what we're talking about tonight with Mark Sanborn, our leadership guru. Yes, we're talking about like a fine bottle of wine. We get better with age. Ah, there you go. That was a good segue, are are Yes, segue back to the show. So uh, reaching our potential. As we get older, I believe that we get better. We get better if we focus and we concentrate well, on improving. I agree. like fine wine. Uh, I like that. What do you think, Mark? You're like Mark fine San- wine. Mar- You've aged well, <laughs> Mark. <laughs> I know you must. You must be saying what? What? What are the, these two are really having no, a good no, time? No, no. I think you're right. I, I think. I think wine gets better whether it wants to or not. If it was. If it was made right, I ah, think for people we have the to. Caveat. I think we have to choose to get better. Yes. One of the points I make. In the book is I I know a couple of friends that have summited Mount Everest. Being a mm. professional speaker, I have friends that are professional mountain climbers and lots of interesting jobs. And and I don't know you know I've never climbed Mount Everest. I don't don't know much about it except that I know nobody ever ends up on top top of Mount Everest accidentally. Right. You know, you'll never be out walking the dog and turn left instead of right on Maple Street and boom you know you're on top of the highest mountain in the world. Mm. So I always say that whenever somebody says to me, oh, after 31 years of writing books and working with leaders, you know, what's the what's the one thing all leaders have in common? The closest I can come up with is the one thing that all successful people have in common, and that is intentionality. Mm. And that is, you know, um, you know, intention co- uh, uh, combined with action. You know, the old, I, as a kid, I heard this corny poem that I've used over the years, you know, sitting still and wishing makes no person great. Uh, the good Lord sends the fishes, but you must use the bait. Ah, you know, and it talks go. about the idea that, you know, the world is full of opportunities. You know, there are fishes around us, but we still have to go out and, and throw our bait. So We sure do. Yeah. And that is, so that's the trait that you find across the board in some of the most successful leaders, if I heard you correctly? Just successful people. I mean, I I know people that have really wanted to be good parents and they worked at it. It was very much uh, an effort of intentionality. I know, you know, athletes are, of course, obvious because they're so 
you know, pervasive in our culture. They work at it. When you read about, as as we talked earlier about, the coaches that a, a great golfer will have, or you think about a musician, very, very few musicians yeah. uh, are self-taught. You know, they, they and if they are, they still continue to get better through practice. So Absolutely. intentionality. And, you know, and I, I think the idea that, you know, it'll happen, you know, you hear people say that, well, it'll happen. Eh, maybe not. The question is, what are you doing to make it happen? Yeah, and, and I'm not action. talking about yeah forcing things. I, I spent many years trying to force things, and they did happen. But I did realize that I was probably you know in too big a hurry, and I was trying to rush it. And and so maybe again go back to a clever closure and, and segue like wine. Uh, you know, wine ages and becomes fine wine over time. You don't yes. bottle it and then open it the next day and expect a good vintage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of wisdoms in here. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about, as you were saying before we went to the break and we kind of went off on our little segue, um, the tactics, the mindsets. We were talking about the two quadrants, right? Well, four. Well, yeah. there's four, we, we but we were talking. Thinking and, yes, the, the inner world, thinking and introspection. And then the outer world is learning. And by learning, you, you respond to learning. In other words, learning is the response to a, a stimulus that you can then benefit from. And then performing is what you initiate, you know, what, and which is where most of us spend most of our days and where, by the way, our reputations or our brands are developed because people cannot see your intentions or your introspections and they don't know what you learned other than to watch. Watch how you perform, how you interact. So does how does that relate, if at all, to significance and being significant? I think the big I think the big connection is the inner world is where you derive your significance from. And and if you're healthy, your outer world is driven by the inner world. That's what gives you a sense of significance. You lose your sense of significance when you're playing by an outer world script that is disconnected from any inner world motivations or purpose or values. And you, you see it all the time, you know, when What's people an say, well, I've been busting, busting my ass for 20 years and for what? Well, that would have been a good question asked 20 years earlier, right? Sure. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> right. when you get in touch with why you do something, that that's the best way I know. And, and by the way, early on uh, in, in my career, in everyone's career, you do a whole lot of stuff you don't want to do, but it's in service of a bigger purpose. So when I was, you know, before I had a, an assistant or an agent or, you know, people on my team and I was doing it all myself, I didn't do it because I liked to do it. I did it because I had to. Right. And I, but, but I didn't do it mindlessly. I said, you know, a, I, you know, like Abraham Lincoln said, I will work and get ready and someday my chance will come. And so when you have that larger purpose, for me, it was being a successful speaker uh, even when I was starting out, not making a whole lot of money and learning a, a whole lot, uh, everything I did was driven by this inner world purpose of I want to be a, a successful speaker who makes a positive, you know, impact. So interesting. So, um, so significance comes from within. Mm. Uh, it, it's it's basically you know not. See, even when you get an award, the award won't make you feel significant if the reason you got the reward or or award wasn't important to you. And you know what's fascinating? I've worked with so many executives from companies that have, you know, achieved success. And when I say success, I mean 
real financial success. I mean, these guys can write big checks. They're taken care of for the rest of their lives. Like, they don't have to worry about working. And, and generations after. And gen- definitely generations after. And, you know, one of the things that we try to help them with significance, you know, giving back to the community, making a diff of significance, you know, giving back a lot of them unity, making a diff financial success, but a lot of them, and again, this is my personal experience of dealing with a lot of um, senior executives at companies, you know, they're missing something. There's an element of their lives that you could see. It's not, you know, it's like a flat tire. There's this one area that's just bum, 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 bum. It, it just doesn't hit. And that's how do they make a difference now that they've achieved all of this wealth? How do they give back to their communities, to those that need the money and, um, you know, transition to that? Well, I think it's it's a good time to interject something that you, uh, you don't hear nearly enough. Everyone who's older likes to talk about what's wrong with millennials. And, of course, I'm sure if you're a millennial, you really get tired of hearing that. But, Absolutely. Um, but Even what though I'm not I a think millennial. Is, what I think is admirable is one of the positive aspects of millennials in general is, unlike us older folk, if you will, <laughs> they, they're unwilling to defer making a difference uh, until they made all their money. Sure. In other words, they don't see it as a singular track, make a boatload of money, then make a difference. Correct. They see yeah. it as, how can I make money and make a difference at the same time? Uh, hun- and if that you're is a so leader, true. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you're a leader, that's important to know because, you know, boomers and Xers and, and baby boomers especially, you know, yes. we had this kind of unspoken mindset. Yeah, you know, I'm going to put in my time, bust my hump, make my money, and then when I retire, I shall give back and, I sh- you know, I'll enjoy the journey. You sound like then, half you know, our clients. <laughs> well, you died, you know, you retired and you died, and right. therefore you got a chance to do neither uh, give, giving back nor enjoying the, mm-hmm. the rest of the journey. So I, I do applaud anyone. And by the way, you know, that's not unique to millennials. I know no. a lot of people that, that are wired that way. But I tell people, don't don't wait until your resume is worthless to do your legacy. Do them at the same time. Agreed. Your resume yep. is, you know, helpful for getting a job, but your legacy is helpful for, for living a full life. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we did a show on millennials, Mark. <clears throat> and Gen Z. And Gen Z and the differences between the two. And truer words could not have been spoken. Uh, and I wholeheartedly agree with you. We should be thinking about not as uh, that they're mutually exclusive, yeah. right? being successful and then doing or giving back. And you know what? This rem- And again, not to go back in time, but this totally reminds me of uh, Mark's book, you know, The Fred Factor, because one of, I think, I think it was four principles and one of the principles was everyone makes a difference. So what kind of a difference can you make today? That's how that's how I wake up. We heard Tony Robbins say that, you know, in in his interview. You know, what kind of an impact I'm smiling. can I have today? I'm smiling. You know do you I'm know saying? why I'm smiling? I I have no clue. Why are you smiling, Mark? Do you know why I'm smiling? Well, because we talked about that earlier. <laughs> that's we, right. We came on the air. That's yeah. exactly right. And JG was not part of that conversation, so Woo-hoo! I thought that was very. No. It, how do you like that? Did you see? Serendipitous. My, Serendipitous. Is Serendipitous. The, is My sister from another mother, right? Yes. Yeah. Sister from another mister. I think that's how. Oh, that is that how goes. it goes? Yeah. So, <laughs> if you're going, so so say that again, just so I'm clear. Sister from another mother. No, what? not that one. <laughs> If you if you're going to make a difference, say, may, Mark, help me out here. You wrote oh, it. Oh, everybody makes a difference. The only question is what kind. There you go. Uh, you know, when I when I tell audiences, 
everyone makes a difference. They think they've heard that before because they confuse it with what they were told growing up. They were told you can make a difference. And what I like to point out is if somebody says you can do something, it offers you the choice of not doing it, right? Sure. I say you can go to Cleveland Mm. or you can say, no, I'm not going to go to Cleveland. But what I say is everybody makes a difference because in a practical sense, there's no neutral. If you meet somebody who won't engage you or help you, you don't think they're neutral. You think they're indifferent. You think they're ignoring you. You think they don't care. So right or wrong, we interpret this thing called neutrality as indifference, mm-hmm. which means mm. then that you know, unless you're choosing to make a positive difference, chances are nobody's going home saying, wow, you know who accidentally really made a big difference in my life today? You don't hear people say that. It goes back to the intentionality. You, you wake up and you look for ways to make a positive difference, and, and you'll find there's a lot of them around you, but but you won't uh, capitalize on them unless you have that intentionality. Mark, you're becoming my new rabbi. I'm going to follow you. So you have... <laughs> I have you been ha- following him for <laughs> years. You've been stalking him on Twitter. I, I have a question. Him. How do Mark. people get in touch with you? Yes. Well, that's that's the easiest question. MarkSanborn.com <laughs> is our kind of clearinghouse mothership of all things related to what I do or write. Uh, it's an easy way to connect with me on social media, to read. A, I, I do a blog or two every week. I, I try to provide a lot of ideas. I'm a big believer that if you, uh, if you provide value before anybody gives you money, they're more likely to want to give you money later, right? Oh, yeah. And so true. I don't. I don't, uh, you know, ha- I don't have this idea of, hey, pay me your money and I'll give you an idea. I'll give you an idea whether you ever, wh- whether you ever pay me money or not. And a few of my clients, thankfully, over the years, have said, well, we want to pay money to get a whole lot more ideas. So the, mm. the free ideas and the resources are at MarkSanborn.com, and uh, um, you know, that's that's the single best uh, place to find me. Mark, we want to thank you. Yes, it's been amazing. We want you here to on remind everybody that your book, The Potential Principle, uh, is coming out in September. And I think September twelfth, give or take a day. Okay. But anybody that follows me, we're going to be uh, blogging and writing and, and sharing Great. and resharing some of the ideas that we talked about uh, on the show. So if they go to MarkSanborn.com, they will have no problem accessing that. Fantastic. So Mark, thank you again. I am sure we will be in touch. You 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 made a friend in JG. You've always <laughs> been a friend of mine, whether you knew it or not. <laughs> And well, thank you. of course, and so Gigi, when we come back, we're yes, in little fe- D. Now I'm little D. You're little D. I don't like the labels. Oh. I'm not a label person. Okay, just, Deirdre. Exactly. I'm I'm Deirdre. I could be D, but I'm not. I don't like the labels. So anyway, when we come back, right after this quick break, we're going to talk about some wisdoms that we can leave that Mark shared with us to give to our listeners Love it. as well. You're listening to Gut Wisdom, radio that resonates on WCBS News Radio 880. Stay tuned. When you're on the train, it doesn't mean you're out of touch. Listen to WCBS on your phone or tablet. We're streaming live 24-7 with the news you need to know. Go to radio.com or cbsnewyork.com and you'll stay informed on your way to and from the office with WCBS News Radio 880. We're back, and you're listening we are? to... We are back. <laughs> oh, my. JG is back in the house. You yeah. sure do. And you're listening to Gut Wisdom Radio. That resonates. I'm Deirdre Koppelman. If you're just tuning in, I'm sitting here with the birthday boy. Well, actually, it was JG's birthday uh, Thursday. A couple of days ago. A couple of days ago. It's my daughter Alana's birthday today, so we should just have birthday cake. That would be amazing. It's Saturday night. Donuts. Have a little sugar. 
Donuts. Donuts. JG and his donuts. donuts. With candles. So you're our listeners, if you're just tuning in, we had Mark Sanborn here with us tonight. And just by way of reference, Mark is a known expert in the world of leadership. He is a multi um uh, best selling author. Best selling yes. author, New York Times. Yep. And he has a book that's coming out <clears throat> in September that uh, that he's launching, and it's called The Potential Principle. So we've been spending time together with Mark discussing, you know, what is reaching your potential? How do you know if you've reached your potential? Do you give up and, and think that you have? What are the wisdoms? What are the wisdoms about potential? JG, what, what did you pick up from from Mark tonight? The one point that stands out more than anything, and we have seen this from working inside of companies, is this whole notion of being successful about being intentional, being intentional and deliberate. And what he added that I thought was kind of, um, you know, the extra part of it was taking action. You know, so we could think about being, you know, we want to be great. We want to be this. We want to improve. Want to, want want, to. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But the main part of it is you need to take action. And so I, I, yes, go ahead. and I would add to that, and I don't know if this was actually a connection, but I just made this connection. With the intention, you don't want to say, I can do this, I can do this, right? Just want to do it. Well, here's the thing, because if you use the word I can, then there's always that possibility for I can't to seep in. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does. Right, intention has to come with action. It, it's not. Yeah. Ju- it's not just a, I can do something or I want to do something. It's I am doing it. I am doing it. Right. Very, very significant. profound. Yes, yeah. that really is. Yeah. Inside and how many times have we come inside of companies, worked with uh, teams of people, and um, you know they're not sure of their goals. They're not sure what's assumed of them. Uh, yeah. What what are they supposed to do? Maybe it's because they don't have reality based job descriptions. You right. know, a variety of things. Mm-hmm. But then there are always those couple of people that they don't need to be told mm-hmm. what they need to do or what they want to do. They know what they want. They're very intentional. They're very deliberate, and they take action. And what do they say? If you want something done, give it to the busiest person because sure. they're going to get it done. Yes. But I think really... Uh, and that's that's how your capabilities... Who would have known, for example, I'll bring yep. it back, and you're right, with the companies that we work with and have worked with for so many years, how many times do we come across people who don't think they can do it? Yeah. Right? They don't know. We How does... how You don't really know what your potential is. So the key is, at least one of the wisdoms that I pulled from... Uh, earlier in the show from Mark is, and I I'm, I'm, want to be very specific about what I say, we don't know how good we can be. Sure, until you're pushed. Until Better always beats best. best. Yeah. Those, those... Better always beats best. And, you know, we did an episode, and again, by the way, if for those that are listening, you know, if you want to tune in to prior episodes, you can go to our website, gutwisdomwithaz.com. You can go mm-hmm. to play.it. You can download our podcasts, these are immediately put up on uh, iTunes. You know, please go back and listen to some of these. We have some pretty cool stuff that we've put out there. And 
you know, I go back to like the bully boss situation because that is such a common issue we run into inside of companies. Yes. They have choices. You know, people have choices. Everybody and, and, has choices. And that's what Mark was referring to. You yes. know, you have a choice of how you want, what kind of, you know, day you're going to have, what kind of an impact are you going to have. How about what um, kind of life you're going to have? Yeah. We are in control of everything, even when things seem out of control. Yeah. What type of difference do you want to make? What type of difference do you want to leave with others? You know, I think he had, what was it? Did you ever hear of the, um, oh, what was that acronym he used in one of his books? What? CARE. Uh, was that in the Fred Factor or yeah, Fred 2.0? No, I think it was in the Fred Factor. Do you remember that? I could make one up. Make one up. Let's see how good. Let's see how good you really are. Come okay. on. Okay. Care. Care. Here's an acronym. Hmm. Crazy and ready, readily engaged. I love it. How about from Mark Sanborn's book, "Create a Rare Experience." Right. Well, we've right. and we and we've talking we've spoken about we've this. We've touched we, on it. Leaving others with extraordinary experiences. Yeah. So it's a it's a sim it's a similar theme, but I think the principle of potential or the potential principles, as Mark Sanborn's book will be about. It strikes a lot of different chords, JG. Mm -hmm. um, where you can be better in your life, it's not just in work, right? We tend to think, oh, you know, there's some destination that we're trying to uh, get to, whether it's in our personal lives. I would like to be married by this time and have X amount of children. I want a house. I want this. Everything is a destination. Or at work, I want that promotion. Or I want to purchase that company. Or I want to be purchased, or whatever whatever these goals are. That's great. Sure, but they don't end. They're not destinations. Sure. And when you make it a destination, that's where you limit your potential. Who would have thought? Let's talk about potential. Hmm. Okay. Right. Fire away. Fire away. Little D. Little. <laughs> I love it, Adore. You're so great. That's great, but that does not make up for the labels. Okay. I should use yes and. Yes and. There you go. Yes. Bob Colehead. So on June 14th, yes. when we have our live event here yes. at WCBS and listeners, yes. we are inviting you to email me at dk at gutwisdom, G-U-T-W-I-Z-D-O-M.com. If you'd like a chance to join us uh, with some VIP passes, we will have Sarah O'Hagan, who is the CEO of Flywheel, joining us that night, as well as many other executives. And we have a second generation uh, winery from California, uh, husband and wife team, and a few others from their company. So it's going to be amazing. So if you'd like to join. But the reason I bring that up is because that topic, that night when we do our live show, is about perseverance. And I believe perseverance has a big part of how we get to realizing our potential. I would tend to agree with that. I think you have to take a step back. People don't know what their potential is, and you know they don't know what they're great at. They don't know what their unique ability is, and that's where you know if you want to really reach your potential, maximize your growth, you have to figure out what is it that you were. What are your God-given talents? What were you born to do? Mm. Right. Well, were we born to be on the radio? Uh, absolutely. You were born to be on TV. Watch out, Oprah. <laughs> but so um, all kidding aside, but I think with some of the assessments that we've utilized inside of companies, yeah. there are these tools and resources yeah. that PEAR brings inside of companies to help people understand how they operate. What's their I, yeah. unique ability? What, how, do they, how do they think? How do they do? How do they... How do they operate? And once you you were you're holding your finger at me, you well, want to interrupt. I, I'm I'm not interrupting. I'm quietly putting my finger up, but not the wrong finger. I was just speaking with a 
partner in a law firm and he had a question how how do i get the associates to behave more like business owners think more like business owners be able to do business development and to your point when we talk about assessments i said well you know not everybody wants to do that and not sure. everybody will enjoy doing that and if you train people who are just not uniquely in that zone yeah. it will never cr- come across as authentic they won't be engaged they'll be miserable and they'll leave so why don't we use some of the assessments to look at who is uniquely positioned to do that right. and then let them do it the way in which they are uniquely hardwired to do some of our listeners had an experience with uh, with us where we gave away a couple of those assessments and I've done interpretations over the phone um, maybe I'll give out two more Three more? All right. One. <laughs> one? No, I can't just pick one. Three. Okay. Okay, three. So listeners, there you go. We're debating. We're negotiating here for you on your behalf. Three listeners can email me at dkgutwisdom.com and happy to send you one of the assessments that we have used forever, and it's uh, pretty amazing. So, And yes. with the assessment, what is it? how will they realize what their potential is? I will tell them. This is like this is like voodoo. I just got JG to be completely quiet. Well, tell them. He's quiet again. Yeah, give me an example. Make it tangible. Uh, what will the assessment show? Well, so I was just in Arkansas uh, with a group of leaders. Did you say a, hi to Bill and Hillary? I think they live in Westchester now. Yeah, they weren't in Little Rock, but I was there, and it took 16 hours to get back and forth. But anyway, I worked with a fabulous team. Uh, of a very large health network and what was fascinating is we could see unique abilities on the team who were the people that you could rely on to start a project by brainstorming those are your natural innovators Uh, however if you don't know who your natural innovators are those people won't be heard their ideas won't be heard and they'll probably get frustrated and eventually leave. So with some of the, this work that we do, if that's a good enough example for you, JG, I don't know, but you can create these task forces based on unique abilities. So if you, if you grab, you know, once a month, take all your brainstormers, people who, who just naturally brainstorm, that's sure. how they start everything, sure. as opposed to maybe starting everything by doing research, right? Or starting everything by creating a plan for it. Create task forces once a month, throw a box of, not, not throw literally, but you know, have a lunch, throw all your brainstormers in a room and say, Hey, what are your ideas? Yeah. So, that, when, so that's one of the uses. Right. And, and this is, and this is where, and this is perfect because what happens is when you go inside of a company, you'll assess, you know, the potential of the team. Of course, you will look the at bench who's be, right, who's being underutilized, Always. who is pushed outside of their comfort zone. Right, you know who to tap for what, and from there, that's when you could really help companies. You think know, about really it, propel think, themselves. Absolutely, think about it as a sports team. If I if I am uh, the owner of the Mets, ha. Huh. I like the Mets. I love the Mets. Yay, Mets. But I would you want to know your bench strength. Mm-hmm. Who are you putting where and why? Mm-hmm. And everybody brings something to the table. And yes. that's where potential comes in. And even if you don't think you have potential, even if you're successful already. Yes. Which many people are very successful, but we're not, it doesn't have to be the top 1% of the world successful. Yes. Each one of us achieves success of some kind really every single day it's recognizing that we've had those achievements yeah, yeah totally I, mean, I agree and yeah. you know I was gonna say the 
this is what we do inside of companies. And if you're listening and you have problems inside of your company, you should definitely consider contacting us where we could be of value and of service to help you really with the people issues that you you have. So with that, let me also add, because I think it's really important, you know, let's talk about the drama. You know, drama. The drama triangle. Yes. You know, we've Victims, been, we have bullies, co- and heroes. Yes, we have received more emails from most of our listeners asking about our book. It's available on Amazon. Yes, right? it is. Right. How to obliterate drama in the workplace right. and in life. And, and in life. Yes. Tired so. of drama. I, I mean, it just sucks the life out of profits and, and just who wants to deal with it. So we wrote just as Mark Sanborn. What was he saying about little the book? book, big ideas. Exactly. So we wrote a little book on how to obliterate drama and it's on Amazon. So tonight you've been listening to Gut Wisdom. JG, what is one last wisdom that you'd like to share before we sign off? I think everybody should ask every day when they get up, how could they make a difference in people's lives? Ah. Gee. A positive difference. Mm-hmm. Be impactful, as Tony Robbins said. And as Mark to Sanborn us. said tonight, with intention and action. Love it. Right? So, listening to previous shows, go to our website, gutwisdom.com, or you can find us on iTunes or even play.it and download uh, the podcasts. And. We want to thank you for listening tonight. As always, we adore you and thank you so much for your feedback. I love getting your emails and I respond to every one of you because you're you're that meaningful. We want to thank our guest, Mark Sanborn, our partners at WCBS Radio. You've been listening to Gut Wisdom Radio that resonates. Have an amazing Saturday night. We'll see you next week.